Okay, so um, should we do this? Sure. Okay, let's let's toast our glasses. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mimosas with Michael. This is your host, Michael Cologne. And I have a really special guest today. I have Ben Patrick Johnson. Do you use all three names? I do, uh, but you can just call me Ben. Just call you Ben. It's always that th- people will oftentimes look at my name, Ben Patrick Johnson. They will either call me Patrick or, okay, Mr. Patrick. And I think, well, no, that's that's neither my first name nor my last name. But they don't see that it, Johnson? Well, they don't see that and they don't see Ben. It happens a lot. We were talking about uh, a lift. We, I took a lift over here to the studio. Yeah. And um, very frequently as I get in one of the cars, uh, they'll say, Patrick. And I will say, uh, Ben, Patrick, yes. I wonder if why If you start that... at the beginning on the left, you will see the name is Ben. But that's okay, you know. That's fine. And it's like three letters. It is three letters. Not, and they're not tough ones, really. One, the B, second letter of the alphabet, which, you know, you yeah. learn probably at age five. Yeah. Right, from... Well, most of us did. Some of us took it. It was a little later, but that's all right. Just a little. And E's not too far after that. No, it's really not. It's still towards the beginning of the alphabet, and N is really barely even halfway through. Well, N's like, right, and maybe they haven't gone that far yet. Maybe not. Well, you know, like when I was, I mean, I was not good at studying in school, and I would get through the first few chapters, so maybe they haven't gotten that far in their alphabet yet. That's what I'm thinking. Although I'm frightened if they are driving me in in a car and they haven't gotten through the alphabet. But even if they just said, like, B... B. Just call me B. B. You know, that's fine. That, then you know I'll who they're talking about. So work. Ben, Ben Patrick Johnson. Um, I've had the pleasure of, well, I've known you for a couple of years. You did a reading of something I wrote. Yeah, we were and, debating whether it was two years or like 25 years. We, I, we couldn't, you know, we, you our, claim it's the shorter interval, and I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. At our age, I feel like every year just, you know. I seem to make remember them count. kindergarten and things, and you know, so, yeah. <laughs> no, it was like, pro- I'm going to say two years ago. All right. And uh, one of my college friends is a huge fan of, of your work, so she was excited because she was here last a couple weeks ago at the studio filming. Uh-huh. Or, I'm sorry, I say filming because I work in film, but recording. Yes. And I told her, I was like, Ben's going to be on the show. She's like, oh, I love him. He's so great. Did, did she sound that excited? At yeah. Well, that does, that's not very uh, well, fantastic. It was over text, so I'm just assuming. Oh, I understand. But well, she was but at that, the reading, so you, you, she met okay, you. Okay, sure. All yeah. right. So what Michael's referring to is we did a reading of, of a really very interesting uh, stage play that he'd written yes. uh, a couple of years back ago here on... Uh, for me, everything happens on one side of the hill, if you're in L.A., or the other side of the hill. And this is the other side. We're in yeah, the valley. I do everything. So I came it. to the valley to do a reading for Michael. And I appreciate it, because that's not an easy trek. No, it's really not. It's not. And really, that was, you know, if you're going to do a large work project, you have to figure that, um, at least mentally, the journey over is, is going to be the bulk of, yeah. uh, of the, the stress you will encounter. And it's like, it's like if I have to film, because I live here in the valley, so if I have to film anywhere, like away yeah oh i should pay attention what time we start um then i have to like factor in the like like it's an hour to take me there it's gonna take me an hour and 40 like because you don't really yes like you can go 10 miles and it could take you an hour and i don't know if people are listening if they just hear the little airplane airplane yeah well and that's just that actually um we didn't do it on purpose but it identifies where we are as being very close to the burbank airbank airport Oh yeah, because I've been doing the show here for like several months well, now. Right, so then. no, no, it's, but we always talk about because sure. sometimes there's some that are like, like just like that was really uh-huh. kind of far away, and then well, there's some sure. that's like it's just all you can hear is. Well, if we can get a good flight, you know, uh, we might want to just jump over there and, and get on it. And if one's yeah. landing, we could get on it and go somewhere. Where would you yeah. want to go? I mean, I love traveling. I just sure. I went to London earlier this year for my birthday. Out of out of Burbank. 
No, I wouldn't. Well, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Yeah. Okay, well, let's so see. let's, uh, I don't know. I like. We could go to Vegas. Vegas is good. That's a nice. We could go to Salt Lake, you know. That's true. I just, I was in Salt Lake City last year filming. So. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's you easy could go to go back to... and revisit the places where you filmed. Sort yeah. of a, a memory tour. You I'd know? like that. would be great. All right. Okay, let's do it. All right. So you are, okay, so tell me, you have a voiceover actor. That's mostly yes, what that's, you're known that's for. That's most of my employment. I do promos and trailers for movies and, uh, and television programs. And I also do some commercials and. Uh, I read audiobooks, and because one must be diverse, I tell you, to make a living nowadays. Yeah. And just this afternoon, I was doing, uh, I was at a studio nearby here, doing a new character for the Paladins video game series. Oh, nice! And it was one of those. It was one of those uh, uh, bad news, good news things. The bad news is uh, that the character, this villainous character who's dead, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, he uh, he he's he's killed within this game. So okay. one would think, well, wah, wah. but you know he he has this uh, thing about getting reanimated a lot. So there's a chance that sort oh, of okay, like yeah. on a soap opera, potentially he could be reanimated. And if 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 I've managed to impress, I don't know who I'd impress, but uh, well, hopefully come fans. back. Well, yes, uh, come back and and be in another episode and be uh, additionally menacing. Nice. Yeah. Well, we want that for you. Well, thank you. And what else? Uh, well, tell me a lot more about yourself. Like, well, uh, catch me up on what's going on since the gracious. last 25 well, years I've seen you. Yes, since kindergarten. Which would be, if we were in kindergarten at 25, uh, just, you just paid us a huge compliment. I did. Um, good gracious. <laughs> um, well, you know. The biggest I could give you. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, uh, I've, uh, you know, I've been a little up and down. Um, I, uh, but um, there's one thing about, I, I have to thank Hollywood for always employing me regard, you know. Yeah. Um, there's not been a day that's gone by in my adult life that there hasn't been some bit of something yeah. uh, that this town has put forward and said, here, we'll do this, you know. Oh, nice. And uh, whether it's uh, just auditions or work or this, whether on camera or, or voiceover or writing, um, people still haven't figured out that I have not a lick of talent. And and so they, they continue to uh, uh, put employment my way, and I'm just grateful beyond grateful for that. But you have a great voice. And you well, have very you. Uh, positive energy. Well, I know thanks. every time I see you, you're just like very uplifting. People. Well, that's it's the helium, really, that, that, that oh, causes that whatever it takes. Else. All right, well, no yes. judgment here. Yeah, um, for me, it's the mimosas, so it's perfect. Well, see, you know what? Yes, because <laughs> do what it takes. Although uh, alcohol and helium, I'm not sure if if that's really a recipe for well, certainly not a recipe for driving. I don't think one should, you know, drink a bunch and then inhale a bunch of helium and go down the road. But we're no, not but driving here. Sounds really. like a good podcast segment. Well, okay, and alcohol that's, and that's helium. Kind of, alcohol and helium. There was um, with Ben uh, Patrick Johnson. Yes. <laughs> uh, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. I grew up there, and just across the state line in in Wisconsin, there was a store called Guns, Liquor, and Ammo, and they sold guns, liquor, liquor. and ammo. Yeah. And that just seemed like maybe things you'd at least want to kind of separate out and have to go out of one you know entrance no. and go into the next one stop shop. No, it's just all right there. Really? Yes. Yeah, oh, I love so. the Midwest you know, for that. Well, got a lot, especially Wisconsin. You can buy, you know, also Minnesota. You know, uh, fireworks were illegal on the Fourth of July, where they were restricted, I should say. But you could drive just, you know, five miles across to Wisconsin and buy things that blow up right in your hands and face. Yep. Pronto. Kind of what we do here when people cross the border and come back. Exactly. Because we're here in L.A. Exactly. Yeah. And we're, I mean, most people don't realize, like, Los Angeles is all desert for the most part. Like, Pretty it's much. so hot. Well, m- my apartment is. I mean, I don't know oh. about your place. Uh, Mine definitely qualifies as desert. It's not as hot as a studio. <laughs> no, this studio is warm. I will grant you this. I was yeah. so excited to come into an air-conditioned space and sit I, on it. I and it, it was I'm sorry. Uh, marginally air-conditioned when it came in. Yeah, he tries to do that for me so I don't make you suffer for, but for the 30 minutes. Well, you know what? If You're... I suffer for 30 minutes for the opportunity to 
to sit and chat with you and and uh, have a make-believe mimosa and, uh, and, and and you know be on the interwebs well i think it's it's a good bargain i i'll, I'll give you a drink after we're done well too. thank you i You're, don't uh, but yes yeah uh, actually I'm, I'm in recovery so i'm not drinking alcohol I but i can like, pretend to yeah that's what we, it's all about and acting I, I think so i have i have a, a a young friend in recovery who, who's in, who's in AA, and I know we shouldn't, I shouldn't name it as such, but I just did, didn't I? Yeah. And um, he just turned twenty-one. Okay. And he's uh, he's a bit of a kind of a rapscallion, street ruffian type, but he's a lot of fun, just the sweetest kid. And he uh, he wanted to go out on his birthday with friends, go out to clubs, and you know, well, what do you do when you turn twenty-one? You go drinking. So yeah. bless his heart, he went out, and and his big goal, he wanted to have. Uh, virgin vodka shots, which oh. basically is little glasses with water in them. Perfect. Which you slam back and then say some thing at yeah. your friend. And, um, I, you know, it's... I would have to think, um, well, what a colossal disappointment. But um, by the same token, you got to figure someone who's 21 who's, who's in a recovery program probably has had cocktails prior to that. Oh, yeah. He, but yeah. not some... Just at cocktails. Probably just a bunch remember. of things, yeah. But, so, as, but as, did he have fun? Well, he says he did. Well, that's all that they, they only stayed out for half an hour because really, if you're drinking little glasses of water at a gay bar... Um, then you have to go to the bathroom. Always also if you're straight. <laughs> yeah. We had that I guess that, that doesn't matter. A 21-year-old straight kid at a gay bar. Because, well, you know, everyone in our little group of recovery folks are, are primarily gay. So yeah. there's sort of two gunkles, if you will, gay uncles. Take him out to the gay bar and he drinks little glasses of water. That's how to ring in 21, I tell you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey. You, you got At least he was being safe. Yes, I suppose so. He was indeed being very. So there was not yeah. a chance of anything untoward happen unless he were to fall off the, you know, into the car or something. Exactly. They were leaving. Yeah. yeah, fall in front of a bus. It would be terrible. But. I um. Well, I'm glad that he was able to take care of it being so young. Yes. Because yes. some people just don't. They Isn't just kind that of amazing? To, yeah. I, I've um. I was uh, I was uh, sitting in, in a twelve step meeting not that long ago with a friend who was. Uh, reasonably young, and, and the uh, speaker got up and said some things and talked about their uh, length of sobriety. And um, uh, my friend exclaimed to me that, that that person had been sober longer than, than he'd been alive. And that is wow. quite, quite a concept to wrap your head around, you know? That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when I meet young people, like when I'm on set, and I, because I've been, I mean, I haven't been, I've been in the film industry for about like 13 years, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I started when I was 30. Mm-hmm. And so I'll meet people who, basically like my nephew's age and they're like yeah like they started not long after i you know right when they were i was like wow. you're contemporaries in the business yeah but at and the same you time call them junior yeah you know, it's so strange yeah yeah I, it's i knew that day would happen when i get older and i have to be like because i used to be like the youngest guy mm-hmm. now i'm like one of the older ones and like i'm the mentor i'm the guy that helps people you're the one who guides them through <laughs> life and gives them advice yeah i um I try to do that with younger people, but, you know, I have a lot of squirrely notions in my head, so I'm not necessarily uh, the most, I want to say the most trustworthy, but the most useful. Because I'm the one who, you know, the stuff that, that would probably be a bad idea, like, oh, don't do, don't do it that way. Well, that's yeah. how I would do it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, the cut and run and this and kind of thing. <laughs> I'm not talking about, like, you know, um, uh, not paying for your food at a restaurant or something like that. Of course. But, but you know, just stuff, just things. Um like uh, you know, changing the oil in the car. Well, maybe you pour it in this hole. I don't know. Yeah, you just let's, try, let's pour it in here and see what happens. Hey, I, yeah, I try. Like I've, well, I've, I've been invited to talk to schools before, mm-hmm. so I try to at least give good advice. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I never tried to be an actor. I always wanted to be a writer and a, and a director. So like the advice I can give is only so limited. Mm-hmm. But I do try to at least help help them out to understand the business of the industry. Sure, which is not always easy. Which 
seems to change all the time anyways because like now we're in a social media age and it's just like what yeah it's all you, new you know one thing that's interesting is uh i grew up as probably you did in a fairly traditional environment yeah a quote-unquote normalish midwestern home and such and um as i'm an adult you know i encounter people of all kinds of uh, backgrounds and um, younger people, older people. It's very interesting to talk to someone who's um, who's young, okay. who's also very street smart in ways that I'm not, yeah. and seek adv- life advice and, and practical advice from them. Because sometimes they will give you the darn best advice you ever you ever could not that I would not have thought of. Yeah, you know, how to handle a situation, and it's funny, you know, to be taking advice from a a 16 year old or a 20 year old on how to handle a, a situation. That I at the ripe age of forty nine, you know, I'm going. I don't know how the hell to do this. Yeah, and they're handy. So you just, you know, I bounce the question off them. Hey, how would you handle this? And whoa, you know, you'll, I'll get a dissertation of of. I thought you know, Ann Landers wrote it or something <laughs> coming out of this person. Isn't life fascinating? It is fascinating. So you're, an, I believe, I remember saying that you're an activist. Well, I am. Okay, but you know what is? I mean, I, I, I and I use that label, but sometimes I don't even know really what it means. To me, activist means that I keep a, a certain issues uh, forward in my mind and I'm constantly barking about them on social media and I will show up for a demonstration. I will show up for this or that. I will, you know, well, what are the uh, big, reach out to my Congress people and such. What are the, what are the biggest things you're passionate about then? Well, um, right now I'm, I'm terrifically frustrated with uh, the way our current uh, administration in Washington As is, I'm sure uh, so many people are. Well, yes, but is rolling back um, and not just civil rights, not just LGBT rights, not just the rights of Muslim Americans and other minorities. Yeah. Uh, through a combination of policy, bird whistling, and um, attempt, you know, moving the ticker opinion-wise. Yeah. But I'm, I'm horrified at the way the level of discourse in our country, I believe, has fallen. And it's not entirely uh, the fault of Mr. Trump or any particular person in his administration. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, other elements that come into play, uh, both uh, uh, perhaps foreign interference. And I, I say perhaps we're just waiting basically to, to find out the particulars and the details. It yeah. is. It is a thing that is. Um, no, they, they know that it's true. They just well, don't know the particulars. Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then also social media. I mean, I'm very active on social media and I have a love-hate relationship with, oh, no, with, we with it. Well, yes. Uh, I, yeah, but I really do, Michael. <laughs> mine is mine is large. Uh, my love and my hate of Twitter and Facebook and, and Insta. I will tell you, most of the guests that I have on the show, yes. we always hit this point about social media. Yeah. About well, how we love hate it. It's it is it is a thing, and I, that that's ridiculous. Um, it, it is what we put into it, and it is what we do with it. And gr- there's certainly influence from the algorithms and such um which are um which shape what we see yeah uh but by the same token uh anything that we see has to be created um of has course, to be cre- yeah. and usually it is created by people we know um not not always but the nature of social media is that it, it is an extension of organic relationships one would presume yeah um and um although it's also now become a genesis point for relationships as well um, and I have, for instance, I have a goddaughter whom I've never met, whose mother oh. uh, I, I met on social media a few years back, and we, we became very close. Um, and uh, she asked me to be the godparent of her child. And That's I amazing. Um, and I have other friends that I talk to every single day mm-hmm. that are live you know anywhere from a hundred miles away to ten thousand miles away. 
um, who uh, I've never yeah. met in person. We only know each other through social media. But yeah. I can tell you about their growing up. I can tell you about their mother. I can tell you how her dementia, you know, is this week versus last week and yeah. how it's weighing on their heart or not because we are daily correspondents. It is quite interesting how how we're social and, like, social on, on the social media platform. And yes. at the same time, it feels like we're distant in so many other ways. It is sense. distancing in the sense that... Um, we lose uh, oftentimes some of the basic courtesies and um, I would say societal rules of conversation. I would think uh, so. Yeah. There's this emboldening that happens when we're sitting behind a keyboard, clicking, clicking, clacking, and we're angry. We we don't filter as much as we perhaps uh, would otherwise. Yeah. Well, I should say we certainly don't filter as much as we would otherwise, and perhaps we ought to filter better. I agree. But you know, by the same token. It affords us an opportunity because when we're responding to something, if you and I are sitting talking in real time and you say something either that uh, irks me or you ask me a question, or it is anticipated that I'll give you a response, with, certainly within a second or two. Yeah. I'm not just going to sit there and blink at you. But if we, if, unless if, you're a politician. Well, unless I'm a politician, unless I'm <laughs> Sarah Sanders. Um, but, uh, and that's a lot of blinking. Um, but, um, uh, but, with social media, well, same as with text messaging, any electronic communication such as that that is text-based, again, there's not the anticipation of an absolute immediate uh, response. You of have course, a few yeah. seconds to a minute to however long really you need. I wouldn't wait two hours, but you've got a little while to consider what you're going to say and perhaps even revise it, type it out, look at it, let it resonate. No, that's me yeah. being an asshole, so I'm going to sort yeah. of reel it back in a little bit and, and, and speak a, a little more gently. Um, and I've used that tool many times, and, and I'm trying to learn to then have that carry over into real life, whereby I can be more gracious. Um, and I was just posting about this on social media yesterday. Uh, using the, the the tool I found of, of delay, you know, of, of momentary reflection, to be more gracious on social media, yeah. uh, using that in, in every aspect of my life on, on, as I go about through the world. And, I, and I'm terrible at it. I'm just awful. But but I'm working on it. Well, okay, so I'm wondering, because I think about this sometimes, about how it's... Can you hear me? Yes, I can. That's so funny. I can't hear myself for a second. Well, you know what? Unplug your... If you ever go in the public swimming pool and you come out and you can't hear yourself, you yeah. just get, wiggle your finger in your... Same principle here. Okay. I was adjusting myself. I'm looking at the time. So, do you think that that sort of platform changes when it comes to like, like dating apps? Uh, I think in dating apps, it's a um, a different dynamic. I think a lot of the rules still apply, or ought to, yeah. uh, but it's a different dynamic because we're thinking with, um, <laughs> pardon the pun, a different head. We're, we're coming from an immediate sort of um, uh, hungry place as opposed to. A thoughtful, maybe more considerate place. Well, I, and th and that's so true. But I remember, like, when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not older, but when I, I mean, we're talking like, we've only had social media probably in the last six, seven, eight, ten years, right? Well, it's been Ish. around. No, uh, a lot of us were present for America Online back in back true. in the, okay. the 1990s, and then there was when AOL was very large. Yeah. Uh, following that, in in the early 00s, so I would give it 20 years. I would say. But even, but even. For for then like with we've had like we have apps like Grinder and Tinder yes so <clears throat> for us to go out and find somebody we mm -hmm. actually went out like to yes. a bar or we meet people at the grocery store or within our daily lives um, and I remember when Grinder first came out it was really about helping people in smaller areas that were afraid to come out to find other people to talk to well it certainly had that use yes yeah and I knew there was chat rooms like that so I'm just wondering like but now that we've lived in this culture for like 
10, 12, how long it's been around. Yeah. I just feel like that sort of has changed. So now people won't respond if they don't want to. They just, the way they talk to you is differently. Well, when anything, when something like that is new, there's this shininess to it and this yeah, excitement and you're going to, you know, I think it's natural to, to and where they're the assorted, it's easy to be jaded um, and uh, it's, it's easy to sort of be complacent. That I think that's in any aspect of life. Certainly, though, um, I agree with you completely that uh, one role that, and they may still, the apps may still grind or scruff all of those. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking primarily in the gay community because generally one is not ostracized in the straight community for trying to uh, hook up or have a date with somebody. Of course. They're not likely yeah. to get beat up for it. Um, Maybe uh, in certain odd communities, but not generally. Anyhow, yeah. Yeah. but for gay folks in small towns, I think it may still serve that function as uh, um, a connection point, yeah, um, a nexus for uh, wh- where um, what might otherwise be scary or prohibitive uh, can now occur because there is the one step removed safety of you know having it be an electronic connection and the yeah. ease of having it be right in your hands on your telephone. Yeah, and you can hide it or you yes. can be in your room. Yeah, right, you, you, can, yeah. you can have that sort of privacy thing to a degree. Um, but, um, I think that even in the small towns, there's a bit of complacency, um, you rolling in and we will be, we will be that human beings when we have something, when something becomes comfortable and, and becomes familiar to us, we take things for granted. Yeah. Our liberties and privileges and such. And you, you and I were joking about coming into this space in Burbank, California. No, it's a little too warm. Blah, blah, blah. I, right, exactly. I was saying, boy, we have first world problems, don't we? Yeah, we really you do. Know, we, as it's clean and there is, uh, it's sanitary and it's very unlikely that someone's going to come bursting through the door and yeah, we're in a take very all safe our neighborhood. stuff or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're, we're very blessed. When, and yeah, to that extent, like I said, two years ago, I did film a movie in Jamaica and it was in July and it was so hot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people that were on the crew who were American would go home to their house that had no AC. Sometimes they would ration water mm-hmm. um, in areas. And then I went back to a hotel that had AC and water. And cable for that matter. Yeah, and yes. I could, yeah, and Wi-Fi. My goodness. And stuff. And it's yeah. just like, and all they do, I mean, <clears throat> I tried not to complain. It was hot. And I'm from Southern California. So, like, mm-hmm. having that humid humidity just, it fucked me up. <laughs> but, yes, first world problems. And it's like sometimes we have to realize, because I feel so bad you're sitting here sweating and I'm just like, this poor guy. But you know what? It, it, it's fine. It's fine. And um, in the scope of things, uh, as I said, I'm happy to be here. It's like we're sitting. I, we should call. I should call this a sauna with Michael. It is, you know, a, a <laughs> sweat lodge. I was thinking later we could talk about our spirit animals. We should talk about our spirit animals. Yes. I wonder what my. I wonder what my spirit animal would be. You know, um, I, I was thinking uh, for a while that um, Kim Kardashian was my my spirit animal. <laughs> Didn't really work out, but I'm still shopping around. What Heather Locklear may be my spirit animal. I can actually see that. We can have human, because humans are animals, right? So we could actually choose yeah. a human as our spirit animal. Yeah, Heather Locklear, because, you know, she's just sort of this uh, lioness cougar who, who just seemed to just go decades without aging and and, yeah. and was kind of that uh, mostly good but a little evil here and there, and, you know, at least in her characters. And, uh, I could dance to that one. I'm gonna. I have to pull the audience to okay. see what they think. My, see, okay. My spirit. So Who is Michael's spirit animal? Okay, that's that's my. Uh, we'll do that for good next question. Okay. Yeah, I like that question. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, see what else do I want to know? I don't. So that you're just doing voiceover work. Uh, well, uh, I wouldn't say morning till night. It's not a monolith. I'm also, of course, yeah, active on social media. Exactly. Happen about politics and this and that. No, we were talking about things to be, about activism, and I was telling you about my frustration with. Um, 
with the current administration, really. Which I think we uh, all have that. Well, uh, I don't know if we all do. Well, you know what? I think really a lot of us do. Uh, but uh, there are a certain number of folks who have made the choice to back Mr. Trump regardless. And yeah. I realize that it only has a certain amount of... If we point out each time he lies, and he lies through his teeth, he, Mr. Trump lies more frequently than most Americans urinate. Did you know that? Uh, no, but that's an interesting fact. Yeah, I like it's, that. It's, it's an odd statistic, but... Uh, so next time you're, you know, in the rest of the bathroom, just think about that, that the president's probably lying. I pee um, a lot, too, so that's because well, all these Okay, so, so the more you drink, so that you're the one. If you would drink less liquid, sir, our, we might not have quite as much of a culture of lies. Okay, no more, no, no more peeing oh, for Michael. Oh, my goodness. Uh, no, but there was there was a survey that they, uh, you know, that um, some of these fact checkers, including the, the uh, folks at Fox News, among others, yeah. uh, from the day he was elected, and we determined that he... Um, lies to us, uh, publicly lies, about 7.5 times per day, which is just slightly greater than the number, uh, the average, uh, based on, you know, medical studies that, yeah. that the Americans urinate. That's crazy. Yes. Now, I don't know if in Europe they urinate more or less frequently than we do. That's really, that's I don't beyond know. my pay grade. But I know but, that, uh, I did see a statistic not that long ago, Omarosa was talking about, because she's doing this whole book tour, um, and of course, I usually record this ahead of time, so who's, who knows will be there? Who knows when this will air? I'm always like, you know, she could be president by the time this airs. Exactly. Could be. I, but she was saying that, she said that Trump likes the, the discourse that he causes. Well. Uh, Which is, it's just interesting. I think Mr. Trump likes attention. Well, exactly. He yeah, loves yeah. attention. And um, I don't think anyone loves to be, you know, called potty names or uh, playground taunts. But I think he would be uh, more mortified to not hear his name invoked. Oh, I 100% and, agree with uh, that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's um, it's clear. And, uh, well, yeah, uh, he's always been a pot stirrer also. That is um, true, yeah. And so uh, he's, uh, you know, people talk about him being an imbecile. Well, uh, whether he's intellectually uh, brilliant or not, he's, uh, yeah. he will call people dumb. I certainly won't call Mr. Trump dumb. I think he's smart, and I think he's incredibly savvy in certain uh, certain areas in certain ways. Yeah. And I think to not acknowledge that is to engage in the sort of sophistry that's dangerous. And um, no one who really uh, wants to take a good hard look at politics ought to treat this man as dumb because you, you, you're putting yourself in a very disadvantaged position by not having a, a realistic perspective on your opponent. Exactly. I mean, that's how he got... He did become president. Yes, he did become yeah. president. Um, so... Because we're actually getting kind of close to the end here. Okay. Uh, which is good because we can put the air back on. Well, all right. Um, what advice would you give? Because you say you, you meet a lot of younger people. Yes. And um, and I'm sure a lot of them come to you and be like, Sure. Well, how could I get started? Well, the, yeah, in, in so, voiceovers or otherwise. And, and just uh, life advice. Yeah. Well, in terms of voiceovers, I can encapsulate that pretty easily. Um, practice, practice, practice. The old joke is, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. Just do voiceovers. Perform them as you walk through your day. Uh, transcribe commercials that you hear. Look oh, at stuff nice. you know on the internet. Uh, copy and paste, and just read it out loud and listen to yourself. Record it. Hear it back. Every person listening to this podcast has a device that can record them and, and play their own voice back. I so promise true. you, it's right there. If it's not in your hand, it's sitting in the desk in front of you. It's on your headset. So do that. And then from that point, there are lots of workshops and intro classes through community colleges and learning annexes and so forth. If you're in a big city or even a medium-sized town, there are resources for you with that. So true. As far as life, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Great. That's the really golden about rule. it. Yep. Yes. Follow I the golden rule and, and pay attention. Be present in the moment. 
Um, oh, I love the that. past exists, the future exists, but all you got is right here, right now. And if you skip the right here, right now, there is no past and there's no point to the future. So true. What would you want to be remembered for? I just want to end it that way. Because, I mean, you, I know you're, I mean, you're only 49 and you're, sure. st- and you're just still growing, but what one thing would you want to be remembered for? Because you do so many things. You were a model at one time. You're an actor, you're a voiceover, you're an activist. Back in the old country, I was a model. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have electricity, so we sketched each other. Um, <laughs> we were, I was a terrible sketcher. That's okay. um, yeah. Very sketchy. No, very my God. sketchy. No, what would I want to be remembered for? Yeah. Uh, for being, for showing up. And, Ooh, and, I like and when that. I say showing up, I mean really showing up, being present, not phoning life in, okay. but being very present. Um, in my life and very present for others in their lives. Making a commitment, uh, not being so scared uh, that I would avoid vulnerability by just sort of dancing around the edges, but really going at life full bore straight down the middle. Well, I think there's a, I think there's a power in being vulnerable at certain points. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people look at vulnerability as a weakness, yes. but I find sometimes people who are vulnerable are human, and I, and I like that about them. That's what I like mm-hmm. anyways. Sure. So. I'll go along with you on that. Yes. Well, I appreciate you coming. I know it, it goes fast. Like It does go quick. Unless you're sitting in this hot sauna, then it's like, this is the longest. But you know, this it's sort of like therapy. Like, my God, it's been 55 minutes. Unless they ask you a tough question where you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, why do I? Gosh. Uh, you can guess it's okay. I have a, no, but you didn't ask me, uh, you know, any of those kind of questions. No, I just wanted to be, I just wanted to have you on the show. I haven't seen you in a while since we did the reading. Yes, it's been a minute. Um, and I just wanted to catch up with you. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. That's what the podcast is for. It's just to come bring, and then you do so much. Like I said, I, I, I love everything you do. I've followed you on social media for years. Thank you. Um, and I've always been a fan of yours. So, like, I'm honored that you're here. That's I feel bad that I couldn't give you this nice air conditioning. But too. you know what? Um, but that I love really, this place. That's outside of your control. Um, no. We'll, we'll do, well, I'll come back again when it's a cool day, and then you can brag on that. Well, you know, we'll do. We'll record again, like in the winter. Brilliant. Yeah, and we'll be yeah. here like parkas, and, well, not parkas because we can't. And we can complain about that then. Yeah. Oh, it's so damn cold, Michael. <laughs> Why is it so cold in this studio? It's cold, cold, cold. I hate it. Ah. Can't win. Oh, no, man. these people are great for letting me. Um, and you can tell they love horror movies. Apparently. Yeah. I thought it was just for me, but no, I guess they do. No, well, because I work- there's there's uh, memorabilia and posters up all around this studio from horror films from and House on the Lake and. Yeah. Uh, what's this one? The Act Two, The Father of Death. Yeah. Which, you know, when you're in a sort of a small to medium sized um, guest house bunkerish thing, and it's, it's 170,000 degrees in here, and all the windows are blocked, and you've got these posters around. Just for noise. Well, it is enough to inspire fear. Yep. Yeah. That's what we want. Well, it's because I have to block out the damn noise. Well, I understand. Who yeah. wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah, you know. I get it. Uh, um, anyways, I'll let you go. We're going to wrap you, it up. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, this is Ben Patrick Johnson. How can people find you on social media? Well, they can go to at BenPatrick90069. Perfect. On Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And uh, you'll find me there sitting there talking about something. And we'll put all, all of your links in the, into the... Uh, anyways, this is uh, Michael Colomb with Mimosas with Michael. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, YouTube. I mean, just Google Mimosas with Michael everywhere. Um, have a great day. Thank you.